all that we need, Lord, we thank you for it. There's honey in the rock, water in the stone, man on the ground, no matter where I go. I don't need to worry now that I know.
trust in you, Jesus. Oh, how sweet, how sweet it is to trust in you, Jesus. Oh, how sweet, how sweet it is to trust in you,
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We know. We know. We know. Oh, we love you, Lord. We praise you. We put our trust in thee. You are able and you are faithful. And you are mighty to save and to heal and to turn situations around. We thank you, Lord. Nothing's too hard for you. That doctor's report is not too hard for you. That legal case is not too hard for you. That wound from the past is not too hard for you. But you are a great God and you are a mighty God. And you are able and you are willing to invade our lives and transform our lives and heal our hurts. Break every hold of hell. Thank you, Lord. That cancer is not too much for you. We thank you, Lord. Those divorce proceedings are not too much for you to turn around. Thank you, Lord. That mountain that seems so complex and so dark, it's not too big that you can't melt it. It's not too big that you cannot push it into the depths of the sea. We love you and we praise you. And we put our complete trust and confidence in you. We thank you, Lord, that the battle is yours. And that you will fight for us and you will defend us. And you will make a way for us. And we will give you praise. And we will testify of your goodness. And we will be witnesses of the power and the greatness of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And for that we give you praise. Forever and forever. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. And all God's people said, God bless you. You may be seated. Glory to God. Welcome. He never lost a battle. That cancer going to die in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. So good to see you here. I like that. He never lost a battle. Got to stir your faith up. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So good to see everybody out. The florists, that's so good to see them. Give them a God bless you again. Amen. George, Shantae, and Kendall. Kendall grew two and a half feet. Amen. I used to look down, kind of like Jordan, all these guys. I used to look down, and now I feel like I'm in a hole. When I hug them, they got to lean down like an old grandpa or somebody, you know, and you got to reach down. So good to see you guys. You look great. We love you. We love you. Thank the Lord for you. Hallelujah. Let's not forget, next week, water baptism right after service. As Pastor Todd said, Bishop, he apologizes. Something came up. He had to cancel. I think something to the effect of a lady that was in his church passed away, 105 years old. And he just felt he needed to be back for that funeral. So I said, it's all right, Bishop. We'll catch you next year. And uh, we had a quick lunch with him before he had to fly out for all that. Um, so he sends his apologies. So you're stuck with me preaching next week. So next week I'll preach. And then we will water baptize. So if you still have not been baptized in water and you would like to obey the Lord, well, there's paperwork at the desk in the back. Fill it out. Get it in and come on out. Bring your towel. Bring a change of clothes. And we're going to rejoice in the Lord. Amen. We're going to celebrate. It's our pleasure to help you obey the Lord and go forward in Jesus. That's what we're here for. So amen. Children, you are now dismissed at Children's Church and everyone else. If you would, turn to Genesis chapter number 5. 
Genesis chapter number 5. Hey, buddy. Genesis chapter 5, and then we'll go to Hebrews 11. As you know, we're in a series of sermons from that great chapter of faith. We want to get our background as we talk about Enoch. So Genesis 5, beginning with verse 21. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. And after he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years. And he had other sons and daughters. And altogether, Enoch lived 300 and 65 years. Enoch walked with God. And then he was no more. Because God took him away. Everybody else lived and died. Enoch walked with God. There is a difference. Now if you would, Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. Let's go to that great chapter of faith. Let's read about Enoch. He had a faith for tough times. Amen? Some people, their faith can't handle the tough times. I want a faith that can handle the tough times. Amen? Hebrews 11, starting with verse 5. By faith. Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended or he had the reputation, the testimony, as one who pleased God. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to God must believe that he is And that he rewards them that earnestly or diligently seek him. Use as our title this morning, Enoch, a faith for tough times. Now again, we're in the series from this great chapter 11 of Hebrews. Last week we looked at Abel and he had a worshiping faith. And we learned, Abel showed us how to approach God properly, acceptably, with an obedient faith that is approved of God. And today we said his life still speaks to us. By faith, he still speaks. And this week it's going to be Enoch. Now Enoch was a man who by faith walked with God in some of the hardest times you can imagine. And he left you and I the encouragement that we also by faith can walk with God regardless of what this world is coming to. Enoch's times were just before the times of Noah. Those were horrible times. They were trying times. They were times where temptation abounded. There was vice and violence. Um, Spiritual and moral compromise were everywhere. Again, the terrible days leading up to Noah in the flood of God's judgment. But here was Enoch, walk with God. And friend, you can walk with God. That's the encouragement, the thrust behind this message, that by faith you can walk with God regardless of your surroundings, regardless of your circumstances. You don't got to wear down or turn back. You can rise up and walk on and walk with this God because he said, if I began a good work in you, I plan on finishing my work. So just keep walking with God. Can you say amen? You can walk with God at home. On the job in school, maybe your family's not all saved and it's hard at home. You can walk with God. Maybe at the job, there's people that just hate it because you're a Christian. You can walk with God. In a society that seems to be abandoning the righteous path. But you can live for God and you can walk with God. In this present hour, you can be a faithful ambassador of Christ. You can be a proper witness for the Lord. Enoch walked with God. He encourages us in that. And also the story of Enoch, it's amazing how in describing this life, the Holy Spirit saw fit to reveal to us 
the important truth that we see in Hebrews 11, verse 6, that without faith, it's a chapter on faith, without faith, it's impossible to please God. It's not just difficult, it's impossible. There is no substitute for the faith described in the Bible. This is one of the reasons we're taking this time to look at these men and women of faith and learn from their expiring examples. If a person wants to make heaven their home, if a person wants to live a life on earth that pleases God and blesses others and is blessed of the Lord in return, then Bible faith is not an option. It's not a luxury. It's a necessity. There is no other way. That's why it's so important, child of God, that number one, that that you feed your faith. Feed your, starve your doubts and feed your faith and watch your spiritual diet. There's a lot of junk food out there. Be a man or woman of the Bible that feeds on that bread of life. Jesus said, we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It's that spiritual word that is our nourishment and our edification. Feed your faith. Read it, believe it, and obey it. Read it, feed your faith, but also guard your faith. So I want to warn you, there's some faith stealers out there in this present hour. There are things and there are doctrines and there are philosophies and there are lies that will try to distract your faith and discourage your faith, defile your faith, deceive your faith. Guard your faith and get away from the people and the places and the influences that will try to put out faith's fire or somehow confuse your faith or wound your faith. Guard your faith. Educate your faith. No matter if you've been here walking with God 70 years or you just started in on this thing, there are more things for all of us to learn. There are greater depths for all of us to enjoy. There are greater heights for all of us to obtain to. So educate your faith. Give yourself. Press into knowing your God better. For knowing his word better. Learn his voice. Get acquainted with his Holy Spirit. Get equipped and walk the walk of victory. Feed your faith. Guard your faith. Educate your faith. And above all, use your faith. This faith wasn't made for talking. It was made for walking. This faith wasn't made to be admired. It was made to be put to use so you might see the power of God flowing in your life. You might see the blessings of heaven unfolding in your life. God has given us faith not to talk about, not to dream about, but to put to work that we might do the works of God and follow him all the way to victory. Put it to work. That's where faith grows. It's exercised as it's used. It increases as it's used. i got to believe the promises, but I must also obey the instructions. Start where you are. Use what you got. Exercise your faith by trusting and obeying. Being a doer of the word. And you will see your faith grow. You will see your faith mature you will see your faith flourish in its effectiveness and in its influence. Bible faith. We've said this each class. A confidence, a trust in God, in His Word, with the evidence, the expression of obedience and action. This faith can be seen. The fruit of this faith bears witness to its reality and to its substance. Now Enoch received the testimony from heaven that he 
please God. Isn't that beautiful? What a great reward. Don't you want to hear that one day that he pleased God? I mean, more than he pleased man, more than he was well liked on the shop. But I want to hear one day that I please God because that's what matters most. And you can't hear it if you choose to walk with God. Hebrews 11, 5 and 6, Enoch pleased God how? By faith. He walked with God by faith. We see in verse 6 that um, the Bible speaks of faith as we, we believe that God is. Many people have believed in God. Don't stop there. You got to do more than believe. You got to come to God. Jesus said, come unto me all that labor and I'll give you rest. We don't only believe that there is a God. We not only believe that there's a Savior, but we come to him and we give our lives to him. But don't stop there. Not if you're going to walk with God. Not if you're going to know this God. Not if you're going to mature in your walk and be the one God's called you to be. I have to do more than believe. I even have to do more than come. I have to pursue. I've got to diligently seek. I've got to give my very best to walk with him and seek him and earnestly reach for that prize and press towards that mark and if we do that God says I'll reward you and I'll bless you and I'll make you become the man or woman you were called to be to walk with God requires both the desire to do so and the diligence to do so to walk with God requires both having a desire to please God and a diligence to seek God it starts off with the desire I want to be the Christian God's called me to be. I want to grow and mature. But just having the desire alone is not enough. Then I take the desire and I have to have a diligence that says I'm willing to go after God. I'm willing to really live for God. I'm willing to give God that perfect, special place in my life. Again, to walk with God requires that we have both a desire to please Him and a diligence a discipline to seek him. We live our lives in such a way where we acknowledge him as our God and we live out our lives in such a way there's a sincere effort to please him and to commune with him and to grow to know him better. Paul said that I might know him and we have the desire to know him better and to walk with him closer. Note four things about Enoch's walk, four things that we can apply or relate to our walk with God. Four things about Enoch's walk. Number one, I want you to notice the circumstances of Enoch's walk with God. You see, Enoch lived in the days that were very difficult to walk with God. It was an ungodly time. It was, uh, it was things were getting worse, leading to the judgment. Again, um, God was grieved that he had even made man at that time. You know, we're going into the flood where God says, I'm grieved that I made man. Because the heart of man is just rebellious continually. So again, it's not an easy time. The circumstances were not convenient. But this tells us that if Enoch walked with God in such times, we can walk with God in such times. If he was able to live in a godly manner in the midst of so much ungodliness all around him, then friends, so can we. You might be in a hard place or a hard season. Maybe things aren't easy where you're at. Maybe things aren't, aren't encouraging your Christianity. But friend, God will keep you if you want to be kept. Write that down. God will keep you right where you are if you want to be kept by God. He'll give you the power to stand firm. He'll give you the courage to live this life and defy and resist the pressures of this world that will try to discourage your walk and, and quench your faith. I want someone to know, regardless, 
regardless of your situation, if you're in the will of God, you can make it there. You can walk with God. You can be an ambassador for Christ. You can live this life because greater is he that's within you than he that's in that world. Amen. The same spirit that raised Jesus dwells in us and that spirit enables us to live this life and to live it regardless of where life takes us. Can you say amen? The moral corruption of culture and society must never become an excuse for not walking with God. We're in this world, but we're not of it. Jesus said that, didn't he? We're in this world, but we don't have to behave like this world, to believe like this world. We don't have to have a value system like this world. For Enoch, it was not a popular thing to walk with God under such conditions. It was not easy. And like today, there was a broad way and a narrow way. The circumstances were not convenient for God's servant. But Enoch walked with God. And the same God that gave Enoch the power and the grace and the protection to live for him in those circumstances. He's the same God that will give you the grace and the anointing and the blessing that you need to live for Jesus wherever you are, whatever you're going through. Number one, the circumstances. Don't let the circumstances around you sway you or hinder you from walking with God. It's been said, when in Rome, do what Jesus would do. Number one, I want us to notice the circumstances. I've heard people say, it's too hard for me. No, no, it's not too hard for you. If you want to walk with God, you can walk with God. Now, if you're not in the will of God, get out of the mess and get in the will of God. But if you're in the will of God, then guess what? We're in this world, but we're not of this world, but we're still in it. Amen? But God gives us grace to live in it as a child of God, as a child of God. The circumstances, don't let them sway you. But secondly, not only the circumstances, notice the choice of Enoch's walk with God, the choice. Twice in the passage from Genesis, we're simply told that Enoch walked with God. There's no explanation. There's no evidence that God was forcing him or God was pressuring him. There was no arm twisting on God's part. Enoch just came to the place of making... A sincere decision to serve the Lord, to walk with God. But that's how it is really for all of us, isn't it? You're here today, but you chose to come here today. If you wake up in the morning and do a devotional, no one makes you. You wake up and you want to meet with God. You want to feed on the word of God. You want to present your day to God. If you serve somewhere, it's not because someone is twisting your arm. It's just something in you wants to love this God by serving him and by blessing others in his name. Amen? And, and there's the choice. There's the choice of Enoch's um, walk with God. This is important because like all of us, we, we come to a place in life when we say, I've walked my own way and did my own thing long enough. It's time to start walking with God. No more excuses. No more waiting. No more wasting of a life. It's time to get serious about my Christianity. We've all been there, haven't we? Everyone within the sound of my voice, if you're a serious, not everyone is, but if you're a serious and sincere Christian, that's how it was. God leaves the decision to us, just like he did Enoch. 
One day we woke up and we said, you know what? It's time for me to get serious with God. One day we woke up and said, it's not enough just to dabble in this thing, make a hobby of it. We've got to get serious and really give ourselves to be a Christian. We have the choice. God didn't force us. In the Old Testament, we see that. Remember how Joshua said to the nation, choose you this day whom you will serve. I like to say, choose who you will serve and choose how will you serve him. In the New Testament, you know, Jesus didn't force people. Jesus never forced anyone. He invited them. He might have urged them. The Holy Spirit might have ministered conviction or wooing to them. But no, no, no. Listen, walking with God is, number one, a personal choice. And number two, it is a practical pursuit. I'm going to say that again. Walking with God. By faith, Enoch walked with God. We want people that are going to walk with God. Not just show up every now and again. Not just call themselves Christian because they're an American. But people that walk with God day in and day out. That love this God. Stay in step with the Spirit. Number one, it takes a personal choice. No one can choose for you. And God won't force you. How's the man say? You can go to hell if you want to. We have a choice, don't we? We have a choice, don't we? Come on, get it with me. They have a choice, don't we? And then even after someone says they're a sinner's prayer, you have a choice. If you're going to walk with God, it takes a choice. I'm going to walk with God. I'm going to live a life sincere and serious as a Christian. Number one, it's a personal choice. But it's also a practical pursuit. Because when after the decision and the emotion is over, then it's a very practical walking it out. I wake up and I seek God. I honor God at his house. I serve the Lord with my gifts. It's a practical pursuit. It's a personal decision. But the decision alone dies there unless there's a pursuit to follow it up with something practical. I live for Christ. I serve the Lord. I walk with God. Interesting thoughts. Interesting thoughts. Jesus said something very interesting. You remember the story of Mary and Martha where Martha invites Jesus into his house for, for a meal and, and Jesus comes and um, Martha's preparing everything and she's making a little mini feast for Jesus and his disciples and Jesus comes and he just kind of sits and begins to teach and Martha has a sister named Mary and as soon as Jesus starts teaching, man, Mary, boom, she's right at his feet. She's just soaking up everything Jesus is saying. She's drinking it in just enjoying being in the presence of the Lord. Well, Martha, after a while, got a little frustrated. She was busy doing this, busy doing that, and she notices, why isn't my sister helping me? She's in there. I'd like to be in there, but someone's got to get this done. And after a while, she began to grumble and complain. Jesus can be in your house, and you're grumbling and complaining. But she's grumbling and complaining, and finally she says, Jesus, tell her to help me. Now, I want us to notice the words that Jesus used. We're talking about Enoch made a choice to walk with God. You got to make a choice. What kind of Christian are you going to be? Are you going to be a serious Christian? Are you going to be a sold out Christian? Are you going to be a nominal Christian? Amen. But it's going to take a choice. It's going to take a personal choice. Then it's a practical pursuit. But notice what he says in Luke 10 in, in, in verses 30. Um, is it 30, 40 and 40? Here it is. Jesus answered, And said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. Hey, if we don't watch it, we can all be worried about many things. But there's a lot of things we can worry about if we wanted to. Amen? 
So, so the potential to worry is there for all of us because this life has problems and struggles. All right. But listen to what Jesus said. But one thing is needed. Somebody say needed. Listen. Just because it's needed, God won't force you. Just because it has eternal significance, God won't twist your arm. You're going to obey the Lord and you're going to be baptized in water. It's a beautiful thing. We're going to shout. We're, we're going to rejoice. Mama's going to cry and shout and do it all, all together. Amen? The fruit of her prayers. Amen? Isn't that true? It's, it's beautiful. But no one made you. You're a man. Even mama can't make you. You made up your mind. I'm going to serve the Lord, and I won't let the world know. That's what water baptism is. It's a public announcement. I belong to Jesus. And like Jesus died and was resurrected, I'm going into this water, and I'm coming up again. New creature, amen? Isn't that beautiful? Praise the Lord, amen? Amen. But it's a personal choice, isn't it? Even though it's needed, even though it's necessary to follow the Lord, even though it's biblical, but Jesus teaches us, it's needed, but you still got to choose it. Look what he says. One thing is needed. You're stressing out about so many other things. One thing is needed, and Mary has chosen. Even though it's needed, you still got to choose to do it and want it and go for it. Even though it's needed... It won't just fall on your lap. Even though it's needed, it doesn't take away the responsibility for you and I to make a choice. We're going to seek first God's kingdom. We're going to come under his yoke and we're going to reach for that prize and we're going to be the best Christians that God will allow us to be. We're making up our minds. It's needed, but we're going to make the choice. Lord, I'm going to walk with you. I don't care if anyone else does. I'm going to walk with God. I don't care how far I've come in this Christian experience. I'm going to continue to walk with God. I don't care if life isn't always easy. I'm going to walk with God. I don't care if other people hurt me or do things that are not nice to me. I'm not going to let someone's ugly turn me away from walking with my God. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Amen. Enoch's walk is a beautiful illustration for us. He walked with God. I mean, man, he walked with God so close one day, he went out for a walk and never came back. Just kept on walking right into glory. That's a walk, amen? Wow. What a walk. We notice the circumstances of his walk. He walked in very hard times. It's right before that flood. And we know how wicked the world was at that time. He walked with God. I tell you, all of his family weren't walking with God, but he walked with God. The people around the job weren't walking with God. He walked with God. So regardless of what your circumstance is, I come today to tell you, you can walk with God. You can be the Christian God wants you to be. You can be an ambassador for Christ. You can be a bright and shining light in this darkened and fallen world. And you can walk with God. Can you say amen? And we said, though, we can walk with God. It's a choice that we have to make. God's more than willing to give us his grace. God's more than willing to meet with us and walk with us. But I got to make a choice. Amen. You could have been a hundred places today. You made a choice. It's the Lord's day. I'm going to the Lord's house. I want to hear from the Lord. Amen. Amen. All right. We make that choice. But also, let's not forget, walking with God means communion with God. Walking with God. Christianity is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not just a bunch of rules. It's not just a bunch of rituals. There's a personal surrender. There's a personal devotion. There's a personal relationship. We talk with God. God talks with us. Amen. 
we draw near to him, he draws near to us. Wow, let's look at this. Mark that down. Number three, his walk with God included a communion. And a real walk with God means we commune with God. The Christian experience was a personal relationship with the living God. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my word abides in you. And he used an illustration of the branch and abiding in the vine and so forth. But again, it's drawing near to God, talking with God. God talks with us. In fact, the old prophet Amos, he asked an interesting question about walking with someone. Amos 3 and 3, he says, Can two walk together unless they be agreed? What a question. Listen, if we're going to walk together, we've got to agree to walk together. Amen? And Keith says, Pastor, I'll be out here at 6 in the morning tomorrow so we can walk. Guess what? He's walking alone. <laughs> There's no agreement there. Amen? Monday's not a good day. Make it Tuesday, 9 o'clock. No, we'll be in prayer meeting there. But you've got you to give me a couple more hours. Amen? Uh, the, the walk in me, not walking at that time. All right. Amen? But we have to get an agreement. Isn't that true? And then once we agree we're going to walk together, guess what? we got to agree which way we're going to go. He said, let's go to Turkey Creek. Let's go to 60. I said, no, let's go to the high school. Guess what? Can't walk together. Which one I agreed. Now, when you decide to walk with God, guess who gets to lead the walk? Come on. Some people got the thing, I'm walking with God. You're not walking with God living that life you're living. That's not walking with God at all. Don't fool yourself for half a second. God's not into that mess. A true walk with God. How do we say it? I like the way I said it when I had my study. Let me say it to your right. To walk with God is to walk in divine direction and in spiritual submission. To walk with God is to walk in divine direction. He's leading the walk. I make up my mind, I'm going to walk with God. I come and give my life to Christ and I'm serious. Jesus, I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to read that book. I'm going to serve you faithfully. But he's going to lead the march. Amen? It's a divine direction and a spiritual submission. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Take my what? Yoke upon you. There's a spiritual submission. Because he's Lord. Amen? We're not. To follow God's plan, to obey God's word, to keep in step with God's spirit again, to walk with God is to walk in divine direction, is to walk in spiritual submission. It's to walk in the light, the Bible says. The light of God's revelation in his word is to walk according to what he's revealed and instructed for us to live in the book. Amen? I walk in the light. I walk by the spirit. I walk by the nature and the character of the spirit. I walk by the power and the promptings of the Spirit. I'm going to walk with God. That means I walk by divine direction. He made the choice to love me when he sent his son to die for me. He made the choice to walk with me when he opened up his arms to me. When he gave me grace and he could have gave me judgment. Amen? He didn't need to give me grace. I didn't deserve grace. Amen? I deserve judgment. But he gave me grace. gave me mercy. And then once I respond to that, I want to walk with you, Lord. But guess what? He's in charge. I'm going to walk with God. i got to go in the divine direction, and I go with the spiritual surrender. Because he's in charge. I'm not in charge. Actually, being a real Christian means you give your life to Christ. Remember? 
before we got so deep and theological, we used to just say, have you given your life to Christ? And that, we meant you, that you gave your life to him. You did what he said to do. You lived the way he wanted you to live. We kept it simple. But it doesn't have to be deep to be effective. Amen? And now if I walk with God, divine direction, spiritual surrender, I walk, walk in the light. The Bible says walk in the light. Walk in the light of God's revealed will and word. It doesn't have to be complicated. If God says do it, you do it. That's walking with God. Amen? If God says don't do it, avoid it, don't do it, avoid it. That's walking with God. Right there, we walk in the light. The light is the revelation of his word. God has said, here, this is the way you're supposed to live, to walk with me. Not only walk in the light, we walk by the spirit. We walk in the spirit, we don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. We walk in the spirit that leads, my life I live, I walk by character and the grace of the Holy Spirit. I walk by the power and the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I've got a written word without. I've got the Holy Spirit within. And as I obey that light, walk by this power, I walk with God. It's more. It's more. 1 John 1 and 7, note takers. 1 John 1 and 7. If I walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus cleanses from all sins. If I'm really going to walk with God, I can't have hatred towards my brother. You can't hate your brother and walk with God. Have fellowship one with another. I fellowship with God. I fellowship with my brother. I have a loving relationship with my brethren as I walk with God. One thing affects you. You can't separate it no matter how much you want to try. And that's where I lost an amen or two. And that's why you got problems walking with God. You got hatred towards your brother. It's that unforgiveness. It'll corrupt a walk every time. Amen? I heard a grunt or two, but it's good for you. Grunt, go ahead, grunt away. Grunt away. Number one, hallelujah. Enoch walked with God even though circumstances were not easy. In fact, they were contrary, and so can we. Amen? Enoch walked with God by personal choice. He made a decision. God won't decide for you, but if you decide, God will help you enforce that decision. Amen? He won't make you choose, but if you choose, God will help you walk it out. God will give you grace and strength to walk it out. We said walking with God is a thing of communion. It's a relationship. We can grow deeper in God. We get to know Jesus better. Amen? We're led by divine direction and spiritual submission. Number four, I want you to notice the consistency of Enoch's walk. For 300 years, Enoch walked in communion with God. Think about that. That, the consistency of his devotion and his commitment, quite frankly, is inspiring. No drifting after a while. No wandering when the path got steep. He didn't turn 160 and decide to have a midlife crisis. You know what I'm saying? Hey, Amen. They, 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 you know, they lived longer back then. You know? But he, none of that nonsense. No straying when the tempter called. No changing his mind when he got bored. No giving up when he got offended. You're going to give up if someone offends you. You might as well give up now, but somebody's going to offend you. I'll give you that much. Amen? Have you lived the life at all? Somebody will offend you. They might be speaking in tongues one minute and offend you the next, but wake up. That's life. Come on, say amen. You just got to make up your mind. I'm not going to let someone else's knucklehead, knuckleheadness. There's a word for you. Knuckleheadness. Keep me from walking with God. I'm going to walk with God. They can outlaw it. I'm going to walk with God. 
They can mock it on TV. I'm going to walk with God. Let this world know I love Jesus. Not ashamed of this gospel. I love that. He walked with God faithful, loyal, consistent in the good times and in the bad. Let's make that our goal to do likewise. Let us be men and women that have a discipline and a devotion and walk with God consistently in this hour and in this age. Friend, listen, that's the testimony the world needs to see. That's the witness the world is waiting for. Show me a real Christian. Let them see it in us. Let the world see it in us. You know, consistency. Living each day like this could be the day. Now, someone misinterpreted that statement. I read a story about a young man that misinterpreted that statement. Is how it went. One Sunday dinner, the family was discussing the sermon. The sermon was on the second coming. The teenager said that there were a lot of questions he had about the Lord's return. Father tried his best to answer him, but after a while, he just concluded by saying, Son, we don't have all the answers we might like to, but we do have all we need to know. The best preparation is simply to live each day as if it were your last. Well, the teenager replied, I tried that once. You grounded me for a month. (laughs) He missed the point, didn't he? Living this every day, it's not about doing our thing, it's about doing his thing, amen? It's not about pleasing me, it's about pleasing the Lord. Consistency. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Four things about Enoch's walk that we can relate to ours, the consistency of it, right? Let's be consistent. Let's make up our mind. We're finishing our race, amen? We're finishing our race. Life might not always be easy. But we're not turning back. We're going to finish our race. So how do we say it? Circumstances, choice, communion, consistency. Now, we notice as we read earlier, the Bible says it was by faith that Enoch walked with God. So very quickly as we end, let me give you two things. Many things faith does for us. Two things that faith does for us to help us finish our race. To help us, hey, sometimes life can knock you down. We get back up. Amen? Sometimes people can disappoint us, but we, we, we let the Lord heal us and we forgive and we, we keep pressing on. Amen? Sometimes God calls us to places that stretch our faith and stretch our consecration. And we obey the Lord, trusting God. Amen? Leaning on those everlasting arms. So notice two things that faith does for you and I to help us in our walk. Number one, faith releases God's power into my life. And faith reminds me of God's promises to my life. Number one, faith releases God's power again. Go back to our definition from the beginning. Faith is believing and trusting with the expression of action and obedience. Faith without works is, yeah, we are the doers of the word. So again, faith releases God's power into my life. The word has power in it. We know that. But really, friend, mostly it's not until I respond to that word obey that word or apply that word then the power of that word is released we miss the whole point when we read so many of the miracles as if jesus just said things and things happened no that's the rarity typically it worked like this peter come man there was a lot of power in that word wasn't there that was the word that spoke the world's into order peter come a lot of power but it was just more or less potential power it was power that was laying dormant at the moment. And it wasn't until Peter responded to that word that the power of that word was released to work in his life. 
Jesus one time said to a man with a, lay, with a hand that was shriveled up, stretch forth your hand. Listen, if he says it, amen, number one, he wouldn't lie, and he certainly has the power to back up what he says, amen. But that arm's not going anywhere until that man stretches, and then the working of God's power is released. Jesus told his disciples, bring that bread and those sardines to me. And then if it wasn't bad enough, he took what was and made them even smaller. Sometimes God will make things even less to show his glory in a situation. Isn't that right? I mean, sometimes we, God do this, God do that. And the next day, two more bills come in the mail. Come on, say amen. God do this, God do that. Things got worse the next day. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord. No, God's bringing it down because he wants to get glory to that thing. God's bringing it down because he's getting ready to show himself strong in your life. God's getting ready to do something special. Don't give up. Keep trusting. Keep believing. Keep believing on those arms. God will make a way for you. So he takes those few fish and sardines and he makes them smaller and he divides them between the twelve. Then he breaks up the crowd so all of us, we get about five, seven hundred men. This isn't going to last. He said, go feed them. All he got to do is tell me to feed them. Then I could, I could feed the earth with this chair. I mean, all he's got to do is give the word. But until they walked, the miracle took place. The multiplication took place as they participated and obeyed the word. And the more, it just never, it just never, it just never. Whew. Oh, remember General Naaman dying of a leprosy. Remember that? Smart enough to get to the God of Israel. The word of the Lord. The word of the Lord. Just go to the Jordan. Dip seven times. There's the promise of God. God is true to his promises. God certainly has the power to back up his promises. Those are two important things to take someone at their word. Can I trust his word and does he have power to fulfill his word? There's a lot of times I'd be willing to do something, but I'm not capable to do it. Amen? We all, as parents, wouldn't we all? We would all do more for our kids if we could. There's the willingness, amen? But sometimes we just don't have. Other people have it, but you can't trust them. They'll change their mind. They'll lie to you. Isn't that right? Buy a used car lady? No, I'll take that back. I'm on the camera joking. But when the Lord speaks, we know, number one, that his word can be trusted. And we also know he can back up what he says. So when he hears the word of the Lord, go dip. He's dying of leprosy, incurable disease. What in the world has dipping in a dirty river seven times have to do with anything? Just obey the word. Nothing happened until he began to dip. And as he obeyed, the power was released. As he obeyed, the working of that word was released. So we understand that, number one, faith releases the working of God's power in my life. Because faith, by biblical definition, is not just a mental agreement, it's a believing and a doing. Amen? 
And so one thing faith is going to help you and I out as we walk with God, as we walk by faith, the power of God is being released in our life. As we obey God, we see the hand of God. It's no accident that when you started serving God, things began to unfold, things began to expand, things began to get better. You were obeying God and you were releasing into your life and situation the power of God and the blessing of God and the working of God. So I'm going to walk with God. I walk by faith. I walk by trusting his word and obeying his word and trusting his grace and leaning on those everlasting arms. And as I do my part, he releases the power of his grace to work in my life and to work in my situations. Number one, faith releases the power of God. Hallelujah. Number two, faith reminds me. Faith reminds me of the promises of God. One of the greatest ways you and I can encourage ourselves in the Lord, and we need encouragement in this walk. We need encouragement in this walk. This is a fallen world. This is a God-hating world. This is a world where sin abounds. But you and I do our best to walk in it. Sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes our walk with Christ is challenged. Sometimes it's mocked. Sometimes God calls us to do things we've never done before. And it's going to take a real trusting, a real stepping out and believing. But when we learn how to encourage ourselves with the promises of God, we notice that faith reminds us of God's goodness. Faith reminds us of God's greatness. Faith reminds us of what God did yesterday and nudges us saying, he'll do it again today. Faith reminds us that we didn't get this place here by accident, but there's been a good God that has taken us every step of the way. Faith reminds us of where we used to be and where we stand now. It's by the grace and goodness of God where would we be if it hadn't been for the mercy of the Lord where would we be if Jesus didn't look upon us with compassion and kindness and love and mercy oh friend when I think about the promises of God I stir myself up I strengthen myself I encourage myself when I'm going through a dark time the Bible reminds me that I'm not alone and God's with me that God's not far away but God is close to me. When I'm going through a dark time, it's faith in God that reminds me. He holds me in the palm of his hand and his will for me is good and not evil. It's the word that reminds me that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't have to fear evil. I don't have to fear what's coming tomorrow because God is with me and the rod and the staff of his word and his presence will comfort me and bring me on through the promise of God encourage my faith in dark times they remind me that God is with me if God is with me none can be against me promise of God remind me in disappointing times they don't just remind me they refresh me in disappointing times they encourage me and they lift me up as I wait upon the Lord he renews my strength and he breathes fresh life into my being Promises of God. As I remind myself, faith reminds me of the promises. And faith encourages my soul to trust in the Lord with all my heart and not lean on my own understanding, but in all my ways. Acknowledge and keep on acknowledging Him and He will direct my past. He will fight my battles. He will make a way even where there seems to be no way. Can you say amen?
That's why I got to use your faith. That's why you got to feed your faith. Don't feed your doubts, feed your faith. Get strong in that word. Memorize that word. Remember, we used to memorize it growing up. Ain't that right? Sunday school, Bible memorization contest. Isn't that true? Got to get that word in your heart so the Holy Spirit can bring it up at the right time. You got to get it in you so the Spirit can bring up the right word for the right occasion. The right sword for the right occasion. Amen? Anybody with me today? Faith releases God's power. And so obey God. The power of God is released in my life. We're people of power. You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Amen? Isn't that right? But faith also reminds me and encourages me about the promises of God and the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God. So when I go through a dark time, I'm reminded that he's with me and that he's for me. When I go through a disappointing time, it encourages they that wait upon the Lord renew that strength. Their strength gets renewed. As I meditate on God, as I think about the goodness of God, all of a sudden, you know, it's like giving yourself a Holy Ghost pep talk. Amen? Faith begins to stir. And you begin to, oh, bring it on, devil, you lying devil. Oh, no, no, no. God hadn't abandoned me. He's with me. God's not forsaking me. God's fighting for me. Oh, oh, oh. you lying. You know what I mean? You begin to, oh, put me in, coach. Put me in, coach. In daring times, as faith reminds me of the word of God, it gives me the ability to endure things I could not endure on my own and to do things I could never do with my own strength. In daring times. But sometimes God calls us to go to a, he's calling someone to go to a higher place. He calls us to go to higher places. The nature of most people is to find comfort and to find an easy place. Find a place where no one's going to challenge me or stretch me. I want it easy. You'll get it easy in heaven. Fight the good fight of faith down here. But sometimes God calls us to greater places of achievement, of accomplishment, of Christ-likeness. Daring times. But it's in those times we remember the good words of our Savior. He says all things are possible to them that believe. And we make up our mind we're going to believe God. We're going to believe his word. We're going to believe his promises. We're going to believe that he's with us. None can be against us. That if he's with us, he's greater than our fears. And he's greater than... We're going to believe. We can do all things through Christ. Oh, my Lord. Enoch walked with God. I'm going to stop right there. Enoch walked with God. He walked with God even though circumstances were not easy. You can walk with God right where you're at. He walked with God because he made a choice to walk with God. I've got to ask you. Have you made a choice to be a serious Christian? I'm not asking about fire insurance. Have you made a choice to be a serious Christian? To be serious and sincere in your walk with God? Make a choice. That choice always has to lead to communion because Christianity is a relationship with the Lord. It's walking with God. That's why you do those devotions, amen? Because you want to get to know Him better and develop that relationship. You can't develop a relationship with someone that you never talk with. You can't develop a relationship with someone you don't spend time with. God spent time with the Lord. Amen? And then it was consistent. That's the real proof. Is it consistent? Because everyone has an opportunity to want to give up, to want to get better. Life is not easy. But those that keep on keeping on, they prove. 
the choice they made was a real choice. The communion they have is a real, personal relationship. Faith helps us in a couple of different ways here that we're bringing out. It releases God's power, but it also reminds us of God's promises. And as we rehearse God's promises and encourage our faith, in all different scenarios that we face in life, is I remind myself of the promises. I'm reminded of God's goodness. I'm reminded of God's faithfulness. I'm reminded that what he did yesterday, he'll do again by his amazing grace. Amen? All right. Enoch walked with God and Enoch pleased God. And we can do the same if we want to. You can walk faithfully and obediently, consistently. The enemy will try to discourage you and defeat you. The world will try to distract you. Your old nature will try to sabotage you. Oh, man. But if you want to walk with Jesus, then nothing can keep you from ultimate victory. You can finish your race. You can receive your prize. You can please your Savior and your King. Let's be encouraged by the life of Enoch. Let me give you just very quickly, here are some tips to walking with God. Number one, don't be swayed by circumstances. Keep walking. Circumstances change, amen? Sometimes it's easy to walk with God. Sometimes there's a lot of encouragement, and it's a season in life where it seems like there's not so many challenges. But life changes, doesn't it? But you keep walking with God. Circumstances change. You keep walking with God. Keep walking. God holds you. God surrounds you. God is with you. But work, you're going to make it. Work and give proper effort to communion. Develop your relationship with God. It's all walking with God. If you'll abide in the vine, you'll always have grace for the task. Amen? Daily time with God is important. Daily time with God. We've got the devotionals in the back. Get one. If you want to grow in God, just start out daily. It doesn't have to be, you know, half a day. No one has half a day. But you've got to spend time with God each day. Daily time. And then specific gatherings like this. Like the Bible studies. Like the home groups. Like the Sunday school classes. After your personal time, then the body of Christ. Don't ignore the blessing of the brethren. And we encourage one another and pray one for another, don't we? We, we forget that we're, we're not just individual lone rangers in the Christian experience. We're part of the family of God and the body of Christ. So if you really want your communion, your walk with the Lord to get stronger and sturdier, daily time is important, your personal time, but also your gathering together. Gather, get with your brothers, get with your sisters. Encourage one another, pray one for another. And then here, this is, here's one of the most important points. Where's Jimmy? There she is, there's Jimmy. Hi, Jimmy. Jimmy and I had a talk the other day. We were talking about the things of God. And we we're talking about being sensitive to the Spirit. Living a life, the fear of the Lord, a reverence for God. She was just making, saying something about maybe getting too much back change at a store. But, she, you know, she went to the car. It was a long story. But she goes, I, could, I had to go back and make things right because, you know, my, my conscience. You know, but when you walk with God. And as I was meditating, now that's the thought. One of the most important things you want to walk with God is to have a God consciousness. He's here. When I wake up in the morning, he's there. When I'm all by myself driving on I-4, he's there. When I'm at work, he's there. And one of the most important things, if you want to walk with God and make it a reality, yes, I have my daily devotions. Amen. I pray, commit the day to the Lord, read my Bible. That's wonderful. Yes, yes, I come to God's house because we bless and we encourage one. Yes. But you know what? 
daily God consciousness. Recognize God constantly. When you're in the store, he's there. You can sing to him in the store. Amen? People might think you're crazy. That's all right. They, they, you know, they, they all know that. Amen? Get around long enough. Amen? But, you can, but he's there watching. I'm going to live holy. He's there encouraging. I'm going to live confidently. You, want, you know the wonderful things that take place when a man or woman really begins to practice a God consciousness? No matter what you go through, Jesus, you're here. Amen? I mean, maybe when we're kids, it keeps us holy all the time because when we're kids, we're always pushing the envelope. But after a while, you just decide to live holy. It's not much, so much of a big deal anymore. But it's nice to know he's there. Lord, give me wisdom for this. Lord, Lord give me some encouragement for this. Lord, protect me in this. But you can walk with him and commune with him. Amen? So again, if we're going to really develop our walk with God, if we're going to be people that walk with God, all right, don't be swayed by circumstances. Give the effort for communion. Commune with God. Have daily devotions. Gather when church is open. Gather together with the brethren. Feed off one another, but have that God consciousness as you live. And lastly, let's make consistency our goal. Let's be finishers. I pray that for 20 years, as Jesus tarries, we can look around and no one's going to backslide. No one's going to go here or there. But everyone within the sound of my voice is going to finish their race and keep walking with the Lord. Amen? If you fall, get back up. He's full of mercy. Amen? If you drift, turn back. Get in the race. He'll take you back and get you going. Enoch had a faith for tough times. And he was a man that walked with God. Let us be a people that do so. Amen? Amen. All right, we're going to open up now. Let's just um, open the altar. If you're here today, and either you've never received Christ, or quite frankly, you might have said a sinner's prayer, but you've never really got serious with God. You might be a good person. might not be doing anything terrible, but you really haven't gotten serious with God. You never really made a commitment to really want to walk with God. Let today be your day. That you begin to walk with God. More than just live, let's walk with God. Then secondly, if you need a touch from God, I want you to come and we'll believe God together as we give God praise and thanks. If you need a fresh filling, maybe you've been walking with God and you're getting weary. Let God fill you fresh this morning. Maybe you're walking with God and sometimes, man, God's leading you and the path is kind of steep because he's taking you somewhere higher. And you just need people to get around you and encourage you. Well, come on down and we'll pray one for another and we'll believe God and we'll all get filled up afresh. Amen? Stand with me, please. Let's pray together. Open the altar. God is good. Enoch had a faith for tough times. And no matter what we go through, let's be men and women, we are going to walk with God. We are going to be faithful ambassadors of Jesus Christ. Father, we love you. We pray, Father, in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the life and the example of Enoch. Help us to imitate his faith. Help us to walk in a way that pleases you. To walk in a way that regardless of circumstances, we're going to be faithful. We're going to be loyal. And we're going to be consistent. Use us, Lord, in this present age where things seem to be getting darker. Use us as light. Use us as salt. Use us as your vessels in this present hour to touch others. Use us as your ambassador 
to speak your word of hope to those that are hopeless. Pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would now meet us at this altar. Father, meet us at this altar. Speak to us and touch us. There might be people here today that need a word. Lord, speak to their hearts. Might be people here today that are, they're straining. And they need a fresh drink. They need some refreshing. They need some encouragement so they can get back in there and pick up the pace. Father, in the name of Jesus, let the divine wind blow across this altar. And may those that draw near receive a refreshing and a reviving and a renewing in their soul. In Jesus' name, all God's people said,